Aloha. Aloha. Does it sound like Hawaiian? I just want to tell you, it was an amazing, amazing, probably one of the best conferences I've ever been to. And I wish I would have time to talk about it more. And I will probably do that maybe next, probably next three years I'll talk about it. So amazing and uh, so good. And, and, uh, and if you were to say, if I were to say one thing, just to summarize everything, it was all about fathers. The whole thing was about fathers. It happened, I was in Hawaii, uh, happened to be in uh, Father's Day weekend. But when you went, I went to a conference called Korean American Diaspora Conference. Really looking at how the, the second and third generation Korean Americans need to go on with heritage of faith they have in God. So they really, whole conferences about that. And begun the, uh, really the main first day talking about honoring the fathers. You know, and that night there was a powerful breakthroughs in generational thing. And, and that weekend, I got to spend time with my grandkids, Riley Joyce. We celebrated Riley Joyce's first birthday. And thanks to uh, somebody who allowed us to use uh, a wonderful uh, Korean you know, um, baby's hum humble dress. And then, um, and then I, got, I went to Honolulu for a couple of days actually got to visit my father's grave, my father-in-law's father grave who passed away 20, literally 20 years ago, and, and got to visit my wife's grandmother's grave. Just three days. Really ended up with all that amazing weekend. I, and I'll take time to share that a little bit. And I, for me, it wasn't just about Korean, Korean American thing, although I'm a Korean American. I believe it was really God was transcending so many things and changing a lot of things. And I got to meet Pastor Faith, Yuri Cho, who will be speaking at Grace Retreat first time. Falling in love with her. Not like my wife, but, you know, amazing. And, and mother of four and yet loves the Lord. Amazing speaker and all that. And also got to spend time at the Worship leader for the grace retreat, Sam Choi. It was an amazing time. It was so good. Food was great. I was at McDonald's every morning for uh, Hawaii's local deluxe breakfast, which has two scoops of rice, Portuguese sausage, spam, and eggs. It's good stuff, okay, with uh, some sauces on top of the rice. Amazing breakfast. It was good food everywhere. And so, and yeah, it was an amazing time. One of these uh, I'll take to explain this more. It was, I was so refreshed and renewed. Let me see one more minute. Got to meet some of my friends I haven't seen for 30 years. Some of the people I used to run together with ministry 30 years ago. And I, some of you might know, Pastor Min Chung used to be part of Alpha Omega. I used to preach when he used to leave praise for me 30 years ago. And I got to meet him again. And he looks like a Korean Ajasi with a suit and everything. But I look like a bum. Anyway. Had a wonderful time meeting up with other people and seeing some of the people that we got to minister to many, many years ago, being leaders now in the nation. Anyhow, today, what I want to do, I want to go back to uh, the series of messages I began last summer, I think August, I believe. And I think I ended at December 9th last year, about four, four and a half months. Went through the book of Acts, chapter by chapter. We ended chapter 13. 
So I want to, under the series called uh, Life in the Spirit, I want to begin the second part of the series. We may do part three and part four down the line, but part two of the series and really looking to the book of Acts, really looking at what does it mean to live as people of the word of God, people of the spirit, people who belong to Jesus Christ. We want to do that. Let's pray a little bit. But I just come before you humbly. We come before you right now, God. Lift our, our eyes. From where does our help come from? You are our God. We love you, God. We ask you, Holy Spirit, come in our midst. Be honored and glorified. We honor you, O oh God. We want to encounter, we want to meet with you. We want more than teachings. We want more than uh, 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 the truth, more more than the principles to live by. We want you, the word of God, meeting us here. Word of God coming alive in us. We give you glory today. Come, Lord Jesus. We give you glory. I ask you to make my tongue concise and clear. Your truth be, uh, come forth as you desire, God. We love you. Commit this time to you in the name of of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. God is good. I need to remind us, God is good. All the time. This is, as I say this often enough, this is a battle we are raging on this generation, every generation, that God is good. He's good all the time. The things around us look like he, he got maybe not there. God is not good or not, but God is good all the time. When you come and understand God and, and under, see him with faith and understanding of who he is, we realize God is good, even through the difficult times. God has been good. God is good all the time. Amen? Today's title of the message is Hearing the Heart of God. Today's text is from, uh, um, before I, uh, today's text is from Acts, uh, Acts chapter 13, verse 1 through 3. I want to focus on those three verses, and, but I just wanted to let you know, if you go to Hope Church's website and archive of sermon, December 9, you will see a similar message on the same text with different title. And some of the, message I'm, some of the part of the message I'm going to repeat so that we can continue on, okay? So I'm not regurgitating the message, but I just wanted to let you know, if you want, if it'll be great. One of these that I want to put all the message I gave in the book of Acts together in a series we can look, look together. And today's title is Hearing the Heart of God. Let me give a setting. Book of Acts is really about God's people, disciples of Jesus Christ, followers of Christ, touched by the promise of the Father. Holy Spirit coming upon them as God has promised through Jesus Christ. And book of, uh, book of Acts chapter, verse, chapter 1 verse 8 summarizes the whole book. Talks about how God's people are touched by God and saved and touched and powered by the Spirit of God. How they went out and really began to share God's love, God's grace with all the people. Fulfilling God's command and the promise. And Acts 1 is 8, it says, but you... Will receive power, dynamic, dynamic, dynamic power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, 
I highlight on a lot of those things on it and, and, and underline all those because every phrase is very significant. I could stand here, spend three, four hours just passing this one verse. It says, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Really, Holy Spirit of God promised Spirit of God came upon God's people in power. I need to say something. But, you know, I, I, I said it often, but I need to say it again to clarify. Every child of God, Christians, who those who believe in Christ, accept Christ Jesus, has a Spirit of God abiding in them. Amen? But here it says, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, as a different phrase, it says, empowering, empowering presence, of God, presence of God came upon you. Why? So that you will be my witnesses. That, you, that, we, that we will be those who declare God's love and grace, which you have experienced and seen. Tell people about who he is. In Jerusalem, in our, in our home, in all Judea and Samaria, our neighborhood and our community, and to the end of the earth, to the ends of the earth, to the remotest part from us. Now today I want to hint at something here. Often we, well, often we thought, I even pre preached like, often we thought end of the earth, maybe Amazon jungles or India, some little villages or Papua New Guinea, but now more and more, a lot of scholars, a lot of Bibles uh, Scholars are thinking different way. If you look at Book of Acts, it ends, the whole Book of Acts ends with Apostle Paul, right? And the God, apostles studying Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria, going to the ends of the earth, they end up in Rome. Not in remote part of the world, to Rome. Some, I don't know if you thought about it. End of the earth might not be not might not just be the Amazon jungles of Amazon or India villages in India. It may be the the, the cement jungles of the big mega cities where people do not know God. People have lost the face of God. Amen. Anyway, we look at this. You know, I'm already I'm just reading the verse. I'm already preaching. Sorry. Today's text, I, I told you this already. Uh, let me read. I want to read it once uh, in ESP version. Now, th now, there were in the church of Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaean, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. Then, after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. This is the first church that actually sent people out to preach the Gospels to the ends of the earth. This was the first mission-minded a missionary sending church. In Jerusalem, people were not really sent. They were really scattered everywhere by persecution to preach the gospel. Here, church intentionally hearing the voice of God sends people out to do the work of God. Anyway, some of you know my favorite church in the Bible is Antioch Church in the Bible. 
not Jerusalem church, not Corinth or not Ephesus, but Antioch church. Antioch is where the gospel was preached first time to the Gentiles. Until then, gospel, uh, the message of God's love and power of Christ was only preached to Jews. Is, and and, and in, in Antioch, the, and, and the city, in that city uh, quite a distance from Jerusalem, Gentile city, some of the Christians, Jewish Christians, went out there, not preachers, not apostles. Some Christians were scattered because of the persecution, went out there, began to share the gospel, not only to the Jews, but also Gentile people who are different from them, different culture, people who are considered by Jews lesser than them being to share the gospel, and the community happened, the church happened. This is where the church, hearing about it, they, they didn't know whether this is legit or not. They didn't know this revival was true or not. They sent a good man, Barnabas, son of encouragement, very respected leader, not an apostle then. They sent him out to check it out, and Barnabas comes out and sees what God is doing. He's excited, he's full of the Spirit, he has grace, he can encourage them to love God, and they really grew bigger, and they really began to be more effective in sharing the gospel. Then Barnabas went searching for a former persecutor, killer of the church, Saul, who is in his hometown, Tarsus. And finds and brings him to the church. And they begin to teach the people there. And church disciples grew and church grew in a very effective ways. This is Antioch Church. Amazing church. I love it more than anything else. This is a church started not by apostles. Started by people. But, you know, and, and, and yes, there was a great uh, Saul later becomes, becomes a Paul. Amazing church. If you look at this, I want to look at it a little bit. Church in Antioch, and it says in verse 1, there were prophets and teachers. Now there were in the church of Antioch prophets and teachers. This is very interesting. This church, and it talks about people with prophetic giftings, and not only prophetic giftings, those that minister prophets, prophetic ministry, and teachers who are teaching the word of God, working together in different, with different giftings to building the church of church, body of Christ together. It's not one leader leading the church. It is a team of leaders leading the church with different giftings. I love it. I really believe the church, early church was always a team leadership-based community. Let me look at this. And then it talks about Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, which means black, Lucius of Cyrene, Manayan, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetra king, a, a lifelong friend of king Tetra, who was not a good king, but he was a friend of a king. This Manayan, who is a believer, now they are part of the team, and Saul, who used to be persecutor of the church, five of them mentioned. The, probably meaning the Barnabas was the main leader and the Saul was at the bottom of the, or, or, you know, this leadership, but very gifted. They are serving God, working together. 
So now let me go on. And while they were, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to, for the work to which I have called them. And, you know, I, I put that thing up, and this is a, a same PowerPoint I used probably about seven, six months ago. And I say, you know, the word worshiping ESV and, and NSB King James says worshiping as ministering. This lead, the leadership of the church was worshiping God, ministering to God, and fasting in prayer, and, 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 and loving the Lord. Here's amazing. I, I love the fact it wasn't, they weren't just, just worshiping in adoration, but ministering in the sense. I don't know if you ever thought about that. When you worship, yes, we adore God. When you worship, we minister to the heart of God. Not that God needs any encouragement, but when you worship, we come, God, we love you, we honor you. God didn't need it, but God, we should be saying, God, we love you, we want to be where you are. They're ministering to the heart of God. What is in your heart? We want to tend your heart. On a love and honor, you give you God. And that's what they're doing. Very powerful. And, and Holy Spirit said very clearly, this is a church, the leadership that fasted, worshiped God, administered to God, that was hearing the voice of God. Holy Spirit says, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul, two of the five leaders, for the work to which I have called them. While they're ministering to God, seeking God and loving God and fasting, seeking after God, they heard the Spirit of God saying, I want to set apart two of your leaders for the work I've called. One of them was Barnabas and the other Saul. If you think about it, if you look at the leadership of Barnabas, was a main leader. He was the one who made this church strengthen. He's the one who really made this church strong main leader of this church. He was the builder of this church. He was a, you know, if you think about it, senior leader of the church. And, and, and Saul, you know, you, you find that later, he becomes the apostle Paul, probably very, very gifted teacher. Out of the five guys, I want you to set aside two people, Barnabas and Paul, for the work which I've called them to. I don't know, I don't know if you thought about this. God, why Barnabas? Why Saul? If God go choose, why Barnabas? Barnabas is needed here. Barnabas is the main leader here. He was the one who made this work. Saul is a great teacher. Why these two? I remember, uh, you know, next Sunday we're going to have, the Sunday evening we're going to have a ordination service for Sue. Elder Sue, some of you, a lot of you know Elder Sue. Sue, who is now going to be a missionary, be ordained as a pastor, was one of our elders. He was the youngest deacon in our church. He was our college president. He was a praise team leader for like 12, 13 years. He led Grace Richie Praise for like 14 years. And he, has, he, he was our youngest elder. I remember when God called him to go to a seminary, and I'm, I was excited about what God was doing, but why Sue? I need him, God. What are, you gonna, what are we going to do? What, what is our prison going to do without Sue? How, how is our media team going to survive without Sue? The media, Sue is the one who built our praise team. He was the one who pushed to get more budget to get all the equipment and everything. 
Why Sue? Send somebody else. You know, you know I, I, have a, I have a difficulty letting people go. You know, even there's a great thing, but I have difficulty letting go. Sue, come on, God. Send somebody else. So God says to this leadership, I want you to, I, I want you to call, I want to set aside Barnabas and Saul, the gifted teacher, maybe the best teacher they ever had. Under these two leadership, church was strengthened and grew in number and very powerfully grown to be what they are right now. God said, I want you to set these two up apart for my work. This is, this, you know, I, I tell you last night I, I couldn't sleep until 3 in the morning. They even I tried to go to sleep at 3 and I couldn't go to bed. So I was on my knees until 5 in the morning. Those fell for probably a couple hours. I was wrestling with different things. With different things. At the end, I remember it's God's house. God is building. It's God's kingdom. We are not building our church. We are building God's kingdom. I'm reminded of who God is. God is good. You know, and that early church, I love this thing about Antioch Church. They were saying, we are not here just to build our church, our community only. We will give our best, if God says, for God's work. Because we are building the kingdom of God, building God's work. We are building what God wants to do. I remember one of my, you know, the, the favorite Korean pastor I, I, I know and I met, personally met about two months ago in Sokchang's, Elder Sokchang's house. He just found that he has a, a lung cancer. He's going through chemo and whatnot. Even through that time, he's actually felt like God has called him to comfort uh, those who have cancers. So he began to, in the midst of his chemo, he's having conferences every month to encourage those who are going through chemo. Everything paid. Getting the best musicians in Korea and, and everything. They, everything paid for and they bring people and encourage them. I mean, I, mem- I remember, um, I don't know why I was talking about him. I'm getting old here. I, don't, I cannot blame it on stroke anymore. It's already almost four years ago. So, um, but you know, uh, what, what was I saying? It, it come back to me. And come back to me. I, I, I know what it is. Um, I'll, I'll think about another story that he shared, and that makes sense to me. I remember he said, one time he said, and uh, he was driving on the bridge that, you know, I was, he was driving, he heard, he heard about a bridge that he passed that morning that collapsed in Korea. And I remember in the evening he was driving back the other way home, worrying about the bridge's crossing, and he was talking to God about it, God. And he said, God, well, he said, God, I'm scared. And God said, why? If you die, I'm going to take care of your family. I'm, I'll take care of your kids. So why would you be worried about? If you, even if, if, you, even if, if, even if bridge collapses here and you die, I'll take care of the church. That's my church anyhow. Why are you worried? Why are you anxious? This is not what I was thinking about, but anyway, I'll, I'll just use that story anyway. Um, it is, I realize this, it is all for God. It's for his kingdom, not my kingdom, it's his kingdom. While I was in Hawaii, um, and lately, I don't know why, I'm having dreams. 
I'm not a dream guy. So I'm in the one of the nights, you know, and in, 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 through the conference, I think set third night, whatever, and I was, in my dream, I was, talk, I was praying, I was talking to God. You know, and I was talking to God, and I was complaining to God. I, will, I really, you know, and, and I, I was, because I was really got conscious about my ministry comparing to my friends who were ministering for 30 years. They are doing mega, mega things. And I felt like, God, I feel a little so weak and so small. And God, God woke me up saying, didn't you do it for me? Wasn't it about me? Doesn't matter how big or small it is. Why are you not doing it for me? I remember I, came, I, I was I, in my dream. I, after the dream, I got off my knees about 2 in the morning and wept before God. God, yeah, it was all about you. Doesn't matter whether I, you allow me to do a big ministry or small ministry. It was all about you. It's about you. I, now, now, now I remember the story. Now I remember the story. Um, that, that, that pastor, they were raising money to build the church building. I think it was supposed to be a $20 million building. They raised the money. They raised the money to build the building. It's a big church. And, and the thing is that he felt like God said, I want you to build my kingdom. They just said they gave $20 million away to help those small city, small village churches where there are money. And they helped, gave up the $20 million away to build those churches first. And they and said, we, we, gonna, we are building God's kingdom. And, they found, and at, 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 when everything was done, God, and God gave them money to build twice the size of the building, $40 million building, something like that. So you said, you build my kingdom. I'll take care of you. And so, and so he, they, gave every, they gave the best to God, trusting God or made all their needs. And see, that's what the, the church did. God said, take your best, Barnabas and Saul, set them aside for the work I'm doing. While they're worshiping and the Lord and fasting, I'm going to move on a little bit. Now, as I consider this, this is one of my, my, one of, one of my life verses, John 15, 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you. Choose. You may go and bear fruit. This fruit will abide, be everlasting. And that, so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he'll give it to you. I remember, some of you men, I remember, I remember six years ago in January, you know, while you're, while you're doing PPP, God gave me John 15, 16 as a word for that year. And I, remember, and I was praying, God told me, really impressed upon me, he is raising up five, six leaders. He's raised, he said, I'm raising up, sending people out, five, six leaders in our midst to, in a, in a, and to ministry or not. And that's what I thought, ministry. One of them was David Kong. The other was uh, Sue and Steve Suck, Alex, and, and, and another person. I don't, I don't mention the person. But um, anyhow, and I remember Sue was the only one who was resistant when I mentioned that at the time. He was the only one resistant. Not right now, not, not me. But he was the, you know, he, he's the one that ended up going out to what God says. Because I mean, the work God was giving me was, I'm, and I, I'm called, I called you, not just for work, I called you to be my friend. Carry my heart, carry my burden, and do what I called you to do. And God was calling them to be my, his friend. Special relationship to him. Seek God. 
I, you know, I thought that meant that it would be all pastors. I realized that was wrong impression I got, that, that they would be all pastors. But I think that, you know, but, but their God is calling them, but not necessarily to be pastors or missionaries. That's what I always thought. But I, I think that I need to break down those, you know, prejudiced ideas about what God is calling people into. Anyhow, let me move on. Then after fasting and praying, they, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. And he said, what did, what did church do? What did, what did the church and leadership do? Hearing what the Spirit of God say, they fasted and prayed, sought after God. Even though they heard the Spirit of God say, they didn't just say, okay. They fast and pray. God, what does it mean? What do you want us to do? How do you seek after you? They sought after God. This is a fasting church. You know, that while the leadership is fasting and praying, the Spirit of God talked to them. Now, church responds by, them by, responds by praying and fasting, seeking God, and commissioned them, laying hands, and sent them off. You know the story about, you know the story about uh, uh, Georgia Revival, Baptist Revival that's going to come back again in about a month or so. How it started about a year and a half ago in January, the leadership was going through 21 days of fasting, asking God to revive their church, asking God to move in a way because otherwise Pastor Tasha, he was, he, was, he was so low in his heart, he was, he was thinking of quitting the church. In the midst of the fasting and praying, God met them. They were seeking God. The church in Antioch was a church that sought after God, prayed and fasted, seeking God's heart, ministering God to heart, but ministering, ministering to God's heart, but also worshiping, but also seeking God, even fasting, waiting upon God. They were waiting to hear the voice of God. And they commissioned them, lay hands, they commissioned them. Not only not lay, lay on them and, and lay, really anointing them. When they sent for Pabi or Sapabi, they raised funds and finances to support them to send them off. So mission begins. So chapter 13 and on, mission begins from where it started Jerusalem or in Jerusalem. And now mission is going to go into the ends of the earth. This is a picture of where Apostle Paul and Barnabas, Paul, Barnabas and Paul goes in the next two chapters, first of their missionary journeys. That's the picture, the map of that you know, Mediterranean that they travel from Antioch, over there, Antioch, down to here all the way, and they'll go, they'll go back, back again. Now, now I want to introduce you a few of my friends that I met at this conference in Hakona. Alex and Jess was there, and I don't know if you heard about this guy, Duki Hong. Anybody heard of him? Yeah? I, I, put, him, I put something on, on my fa uh, Facebook, uh, Facebook page. Uh, he was nominated as top 10 sexiest chef alive from People's Magazine. And he, um, he is not, not he was in a New York uh, uh, restaurant or not, but now he is in San Francisco. Uh, and and uh, I think, I think um, Sunday at the museum, I believe, is where they are doing some kind of some things. He's very famous as chef. As a Christian guy, one of the leaders who showed up to the conference the conference I went wasn't just pastors and missionaries that a lot of people in, in the world and, uh, and doing God's work. He was one of those guys, Duke Hong. You can look it up. I don't, I, don't, I don't think he's that handsome, but anyway. But anyway, 
Have you ever been to this place? Have you heard about Charlie's Philly Steaks? The owner of this Charlie's Philly Steaks, I got to me, he was there and his wife. He's an immigrant. This, this is a guy, Charlie Shin. And he and his wife was there. In the initially, they said, we cannot come. But as they prayed, they felt like they were supposed to be. They showed up. At the end, they came. They shared their story. I want to tell you a little bit of uh, some stories about him. Uh, he was an immigrant child. And, you know, came, I think, teen, I think, 11 or 12. Very poor. When he was young, he was a when he was, when he was young, he went to church and had prayed to God, God, I want to make money. I'm serious. I want to make my money be rich, God. As I prayed to God, he felt so bad. He went back and said, God, I give you 50% of what I, what I make. I'll give it to you. And prayed and walked away. But guilty, came back. God, I'll give you 60%. <laughs> he went and back, and he didn't feel right. He came back, God, I'll give everything I make to you. 100%. And he, now he owns six, I think the Philly Steak, uh, Philly Steak, Charlie Philly Steak, there's about 600 stores, restaurants in, in the country. He's also owner of Bibibop. Have you heard of Bibibop? There are about 200 of them in the States. He's owner of the Bibibop. Yeah, I mean, he was sharing how he, how he seeks after God. One of the stories he said was, you know, how he spends, he reads 25 chapters a day. He reads it out, out with the chat, in a note on the side, take notes, and every day read 25 chapters a day. Call some pastors, challenge it. Let's challenge the kid. Let's read 25 chapters a day. He does that every day. And he, talked one, he was telling a story how when he had about 400 restaurants for the Philly uh, uh, Steaks, he was praying to God. He, he needed God's help. He was, said, God, he got a note and notepad and got on his knees. God, I'm not getting up until I hear your voice. So it's about three, four, five, six hours. He's praying God. And because, you know, and, you know his goal was to have 1,000 restaurants by a certain time. This was not really going as fast as you wanted. And one other, he was, with, with that restaurant, he was not making a lot of money either. But anyway, he was praying and asking God, God gives an idea. Bulgogi. God, what are you, God, what are you talking about? Bulgogi restaurant, Bulgogi does not work for in, in the, you know, Western restaurants. And he's praying again. Assembly. Huh? God, you, you don't know what you're talking about. So anyway, she spent about six hours waiting upon God. And he thought he didn't hear anything from God. Next few days, three people comes. One, one guy, you see somebody he knows, one of a construction company comes by. And I said, he, he said, you know what, I don't know why, but I, I think I should tell you, I think you should start an Asian restaurant. Another guy comes and says, same thing. The three people come and says, that's how he started Bibibop. And how he was waiting upon God, seeking God. And he's really, whole time as he shared the whole story, he talked about how, you know, what you do is you, actually, he sent, he sent us what he gives out to his people, his work, his leadership. Daily, one sheet, daily work with God, about how to do, how to seek, pray, and seek God, and obey God. And he was sharing this with us. You know, and, and how... We need, we need to learn to hear the voice of God, waiting upon God. This is a business guy, not a pastor. He's not a preacher. He's out there in the, in the marketplace. This is where he's called to, doing business as a Christian, you know, and, and really doing what God wanted to do. See, I, we always, somehow we always thought being sent by God must be means missions or pastor or missionary. No. 
of what God was doing in the conference was reminding me something I already knew. But Abe, God is sending Abe people to every place, every workplace as a mission field to go. The chef and the restaurant, you know, owner or not. And this third guy, this, uh, this is a poor son. Uh, he wrote a book, How to Find Your Quarter Life Calling. He wrote a book called Quarter Life Calling. Talked about quarter life crisis. Uh, he uh, works, uh, he is a consulting firm. When he was 28, he wrote a book, in, 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 and he's a bestseller. And I think Christianity Today ranked him as top three Christian leaders to follow as a millennials. He's talking about how when he's 25 years old, he was working for a Fortune 500 company and was older. He thought everything looks okay, but something was missing in his heart. I need to find my calling in life. He went into a crisis, went into a, a journey, and he wrote a book called Life Calling. How to find your quarter life calling. Uh, so he's not a pastor, missionary, when he was there, spent time with them and whatnot. And all, all I'm getting at is, I made some, some, many, some people face to face whom God is using with the love for God, hearing the voice of God in wherever they are, living as God's, you know, the witnesses, wherever they are. See, God was, God was sending his, God is sending God's people, empowering them with the Spirit of God to go into all the world, to the ends of the earth, so that God's love and grace, how, one, how amazing love of God, the power of God that transforms our lives, how he heals and restores, how he sets us free from all sins and all that, the God that God is, God is sending people out to every arena of life with message of God's love. You are, not only, you are not only missionary to the nations, you're missionary to your workplace. Your work becomes a mission place. Work, workplace becomes where God wants to meet and change people's lives and share God's love and grace with. You make difference wherever you are. I, made, I met this, this person who was uh, some media consulting person who you know, gets what they call hip-hop stars, and singers in Korea and in, in the States, help them to become famous. And she had pictures of it uh, with BTS, Bangtan Sonyeondan, whatever, BTS boys, whatever, all that. And oh, I mean, so all walks of life. We are called, every part of life is where God is calling us into. If I want to, I, I just say one more thing. I, this must be about seven, one more thing I'm saying. One of the nights, powerful things happen. And God is reminding us, and I had, I had to repent in front of everybody. I did repent. Apparently, Anna videotaped it and put it on Snapchat. I didn't see it. I was repenting, and God reminded me. God reminded me. As, and I love Joy. I married her. And she knew from the beginning I'm going to be a pastor. When he married, she knew I was going to be a pastor. She followed, gave up everything and followed me and worked six days a week, even in the dry cleaners, 10 hours a day, to support me through the ministry all that. She was always there to help me to the ministry. God reminded me, I've never thought about God's calling in our life. Never thought, I never thought about that. I always thought she was there to support me, do my, my calling. But what about God's calling on our life? God doesn't call her to be somebody's wife. 
You know what I mean? And so I, I got, had to really repent a lot. Sometimes we forget. Sometimes I think, as a man, the man is calling, and wife has to follow, follow the husband. No, Pastor Mimi tells you that otherwise. But, I mean, but most generally, often we see that way. And I know even Anna, my daughter, and a missionary missionary, raising three kids, somehow, sometimes feel like my calling, my ministry, some of the calling God, is, calling God has given me, I'm not able to really fulfill right now. But then I got reminding us, reminding me, and I repented a lot. What about calling in my wife's life? If I really, if you're really hearing God, how do I support her in the calling God has given her? In the, in the Bible, in the, the scripture says, husband love your wives, right? Love your wife, right? Husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church, how he gave himself up for her so that she will be Blameless. Scripturally, it's God who gave up everything that we, the church, become alive. Husband is supposed to give, give up everything to the, the, his wife. That wife really find a calling in life. We had it other way around. We, because we're still seeing in, in somehow very male-dominant ways. And the God really we had to repent. God is calling for my wife as well as me. It is work, we is working together, but I need to really begin to hear what God's calling for my wife is. So I repent that a lot, and I asked her to pray for me, and, and said, you know, and said, I told her, as she discerned God's calling in her life, I'm willing to follow. Leave everything I follow, whatever it might be. If that caused me to leave things, so be it. Meaning that, you see, God's calling. And the thing is, there were, in the conference, there were a lot of missionaries, the pastors' wives were there. And, and somehow their ministry, you know, your ministry may be building home and raising your children. That's, that's big, amazing ministry. That is, you cannot belittle that in any way. That is God-given ministry as well. If that is what God has called you to, and, and that's great. We value that. If there's that and more, we value that as well. Really, because God is calling all of us to be his witnesses, wherever we are. God was releasing. There's a lot of things are being released. Amen. Let me move on. God is good. I want to just, I want to, I just need to say, I, one of the things that I think you are very privileged, our church is very unique in the sense that we believe, fully believe in women in ministry, not only church, meaning women in leadership, women following God's call in their life, as well as men. We, that's, that's what Pastor Mimi stands for. Not just, a, not just only the woman can be a pastor, no. God's call for women is as important as God's call on men. Yes, husband and wife, you run together. They're sure, but we affirm that God's calling in every person, whether you're man or woman. No matter what color you are, no matter what place you come from, God's calling in life. Amen? And the calling in life is not only becoming pastors, missionary. There's only one little area. And the thing is, 90, 90 
99% of the Christians are out there doing all kinds of things in the workplace. The, their work in God's kingdom is valuable. Amen? Definitely. Everyone, that's a ministry we forget when you do it unto God. I love what Charlie, how you pray, God, I will give everything I earn to you. So he's in his office, his wife has a office, a desk next to her, and next to him, she is, what do you call, uh, uh, NGO, I think, she's a, you know, one who supports all the, sends money out to support ministries. His daughter takes all the applications, you know, for the proposal to support, and so they actually go out and check out the ministry. They, I think, supposedly have 40,000 orphans that are supporting in India. And all kind of things they do. So they, they are really living that out. So what I'm getting at is, it's not about making money, is it? It's not just making be comfortable in our life, is it? Everything we do, when you do it unto the Lord, is a worship unto God. That's what Paulson is talking about. As millennials in 20s, we are not just satisfied with just getting good jobs and all that. We need to seek God's calling in our life and live, it, live that out, whatever, whatever that might be. This is what I meant when I, when I, when God, when I thought God told me that six, five or six people got sending out as missions in a, in a ministry. I thought they were going to be pastors and missionaries. I don't think Steve Suck was really called to be a pastor in the church. I think that he, was, he might be called to, in a marketplace as Christian doing things. And there are many different works. So I've seen a lot of different people out there running up to God, loving God. And it's good to see some good examples of people who are actually doing that healthy way. It doesn't mean you have to be famous. But who is doing that for God's glory? Let me go on. In verse 4, it says, So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went. Listen to what it says. There was, as Holy Spirit sent them out, they went. You are, not just going by, you are not just going by yourself. You are sent out by God, Spirit of God, to your calling. Wherever you are, asking God, God, how do you want me to love you here? How do I follow you here? Is this you leading me here? Let me move on. A couple of things. I want to summarize a few things. Number one, hearing the heart of God is beginning points. Everything begins here. In church or anything we do, everything begins by hearing the heart of God. Worshiping and ministering to God and fasting, seeking God, waiting on God, reading the, reading the word of, written word of God. Often, you know, you probably you heard a lot, a lot of time people talk about there's a Logos word, Rhema word. Bible used two different words to talk about the word of God. 90% of the word, the words for word is Logos which is really written word of God. Rhema is more of a God, specific word God gives, only 10%. Meaning, you need to spend 90% of time reading the word of God, meditating and hearing God through the word of God. God speaks through those things. That's why Charlie spends each day, studying each day, he begins each morning by prayer. He spends hour and a half reading the Bible, meditating, seeking God, before he does anything else. Worshiping, and the same thing in the church, any organization, we begin by seeking God, waiting upon God, hearing God. God, how do we love you well? 
So what God was reminding me on Friday morning was trying to please what is pleasing to the Lord. If you just hold on to one, one that, you can live your life. God, asking every day, God, how can I please you better today? How, how can I please you? What pleases you, God? Fasting, meaning, God, I'm desperate for you. You need, need presence, waiting on God to hear the voice of God. As you do that, giving your best. God, I will give you my best. Isn't that what Abram did when God said, I want to give you a son as a sacrifice? He was willing to give his best. Even the promise God has given Isaac, even to a sacrifice, we need to give out to God. God gave him back with the double promise, the greater promise of the Son of God coming and dying for us on the cross. Giving your best. Third, finally, am I willing to go? As you hear the voice of God speaks to you, would I obey? Would I do it? In the beginning, it might sound very weird, might be sort of awkward. You learn to obey God by doing the things. You make some mistakes, it's okay. You're learning to hear the voice of God. You're learning, you're learning to hear. It takes time to hear the voice of God, to discern his God from God. We learn by trying. Often, if you wait until I'm sure, you'll never be sure. You, as you wait upon God, as you hear God, in our assurance, you go walk, you walk and obey. Is this you, God? You grow in God. God even used Saul, who was a persecutor of the church, for God's work. Not only he took the best, the Barnabas, but he also took the unworthy one, the Saul, for God's work. You see, there's nobody unworthy if God calls you. You do what God calls you to do. Amen? Here am I, send me. I have two copies of what do you call um, Charlie's thing that he gives out his leaders. If you want, you can take it. I'll put it right here. If you want, email me. I'll send you the copies, PDF copies, okay? It was, I mean, for me, it was not something so deep, but it is somebody who lived it out in his life, in his business, who shared his, his walk with God and how he does it. Our God is good. See, hope opens doors to the world. When we trust in God, when we hope in God, wait upon God, he opens doors to the world. I realize, I'm reminded this morning, last night I was praying before, I'm reminded God is not just about building our church. God is about building the kingdom of God. You know, we are not just to be here only. God opens the doors to the whole wide world. You know, some of you know, but you know, when Sue finished school, probably about spent the next year or two preparation to go to missions. And he looked at some options, thought about coming to Hope Church. And he also looked at a few other places. I hope they will come to our church. And said, this is home, you better come here. But mega church, a really big church in, in, in Florida, who supported him last three years, financially even now, who supported him, you know, um, they invited him to come with all so that understanding his situation to be a pastor there. I said, you know what? From a tiny little church, Hope Church, 
He's going to, I think, 3,000-member church to be a pastor there, work with the pastoral team. Great. Mostly white, white church. Great. You know, it's our kingdom. It's our kingdom of God. It's not about our thing. It's not about our kingdom. It's about God's kingdom. Amen? You see, we are to be a church of open door. I'm going back to the work God has given us 2018 January. God's opening doors for us. His kingdom come. Remember, God gave us word a year and a half ago. Pastor Mimi and I, we thought that that word didn't end last year. It continues on this year. I place before you an open door which that no one can shut. Revelation 3, 8. Because you are, you are little power, but you've been faithful. You kept, your word, kept my word. That I set before you an open door which no one can shut. Open the door opportunity, open the door ministry, open the door of encounter with God, open the door of renewal, revival, all that. Amen? God, the praise him, come. I don't know where you are. I want you to know, book of Acts is about acts of sent ones. That's what apostles are, sent ones. Now, I need to give you something more important. You all, as sons and daughters of God, are sent ones. Amen? Not just pastors and missionaries. Each and every one of you, as a child of God, are sent ones by our Lord, by our Lord, our God. This is why Jesus said, wait in Jerusalem until you are, you are received the, you see the promise of the Father, you'll be receive the power from on high. You see, God empowers us, the Spirit of God, not only in dwelling presence, but empowers us to be witnesses, to in the world, to do to the ends of the earth. That's what God is calling us into. We are all called, we are all sent ones. He might have sent you into, into accounting, accounting field. He might have called you into educational field. He might have called you into media field. He wants to open doors for you to see God's kingdom come. When you say, God, I, I, will, I will do it for you 100% for your glory and honor. The word of God says, God's eyes goes to and fro all over, all over the earth to see those who are completely His. He can strengthen them. I see so many Christians feel like I'm nobody. I cannot do anything for God. You feel like I am not special. How can God use me? And somehow, what I'm doing is not important enough. We somehow neglect the calling God has given us in our life. It, was just, it just wasn't the Paul and Barnabas. God was calling. God is calling each and every one of us. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth, to the jungles of, of the uh, cement jungles of the city, even into the homes, raising up next generation, into communities with our neighbors, in all the places God's calling us to be His sent ones. Are we hearing the voice of God? Are we giving, up, give, giving our best to Him? Are we willing to go and open our mouth and sing? Open our mouth and do things He invites us to do. Amen? God is inviting us. Let's all stand.
You see, name of Jesus, at the name of Jesus, everything trembles because God's light shines in the darkness. You see, we are the sons and daughters of light. Wherever we go in God's God's grace and presence, we bring trembling in the dark spirit. Declare God is good. God is amazing. Our God changes things, transforms things, heals life, restores marriages. He restores all things. He brings life into things. That's our God. Let's worship God together.